When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I was flipping through the channels the other day, but there was nothing good on I had nothing to play. So I went to my computer and realized that there was so much content before my eyes. But there's nothing but Netflix in my heart and on my screen. There's always something that did I still haven't seen. But maybe one day we can try to watch the Nothing but Netflix for you this week as we talk about Netflix's uh, newest uh, outdoor survivalist reality series, and it's called Outlast. And now here is a man who can outlast all of y'all at the bar. Here is Chappelle. Chappelle, how are you doing? <laughs> Rob, I'm good. I have stamina. That's what stamina, they call it. You know? For yeah, sure. Stamina. Especially you're, at the bar. You're like a superhero. <laughs> it's a, it's amazing. Yeah, the energizer. Like one of the X-Men of just mm-hmm. uh, like it's a, it's incredible. <laughs> it's such yes. a talent. Thank you. In Thank so you many so areas. much. Yes. It's so many areas. Yeah. That that endurance man. That's my name. You endurance know, stamina man. guy. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and that may have been the nickname for our guest, uh, according to some of the stories I heard about him in college. Of that would course. Be Mr. X-Man, if you will, yes. Rob. <laughs> Mr. X-Man. Uh, we are, we cannot talk about Outlast without my co-host from Outwit. <laughs> Outplay Outlist. Uh, and that is the man who recommended this show to us. The great, give it up for Mike Bloom. 
I mean, there are so many reasons why I had to recommend this. One of them being, I can't not watch a show the name of which is tattooed on my body. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's just a rule of of God that it's fated for me to talk about. And also, we know the rules of threes, right? You can go (laughs) three hours in exposure, three days without water, and three people to talk about this wild-ass show on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, this is a wild ass show. We are going to be talking about the first two episodes of the show here today just to get your, you know, in case I think a lot of people are going to check this out and maybe then want to go back and watch it for themselves. We'll spend a couple of minutes just setting up what the show is before we get into the spoilers from the first two episodes. And right now we're leaning towards coming back next week and finishing out the whole show because, Mike, you've seen it and you say that this is uh, beyond unhinged. Uh, Yeah, the hinges never were on the door in the first place. The doorway is just open at this point. A door has never even been considered for the way Mm -hmm. at this point. This is without a doubt, and you see a smidge of it in the opening teaser and some of the stuff at the end of the first episode, almost like a super teaser of things to come. The behavior that gets exhibited, particularly in the back half of this season, is beyond some of the most like cutthroat, reprehensible behavior I have seen within 30 yeah. years of watching reality okay. television. All right. Well, Chappelle, can I ask mm. you a question? Like, What's up? This is some real white people ish, right? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Right. Oh, there you go. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very much naked and afraid nonsense. So I was like, okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a few of us that slipped into the naked and afraid world, but there's always a couple, you know? Uh, but here- Things often was, do slip in and naked mm-hmm. and afraid, yeah. I, I bet. Uh, yeah. But here, I was very happy to see that uh, we go wait this one out. <laughs> just mm-hmm. just yeah. see what season one has to bring before yeah. we dive into this not, one. Not a really um, diverse cast here. <laughs> on on and for once, I'm not complaining. Alice. You know, like, yeah. I'm, I'm not like, but why doesn't it reflect the amount mm-hmm. of people in the wilderness? It does. This is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm sure, I'm sure one in every 50 people that look mm-hmm. like me are down there doing the same thing. Yeah. Uh, we only have 16 contestants, so we don't have to touch on that right I now. I mean, we did have some white guys with beards and then also mm-hmm. white guys with like Fu Manchus. Mm-hmm. Truly, uh, the facial hair demographics <laughs> have been represented in full. Thank you for that initiative that got put through to make sure 50% was represented by differentiated <laughs> facial hairstyles. Yeah. yeah, but justice for the mullet people. I didn't see enough <laughs> representation for them. I feel like they are really an underrated group of people in this well, particular exi- I don't know. environment. Seth, Seth kind of has a mullet. The guy that has like mm-hmm. the sort of mohawk dread things going on. He looks more like a member of Death Clock from Metalocalypse on Adult Swim than he does like a <laughs> mullet man, which is interesting, right? Because to your point, Chappelle, I'm not really a survivalist show person. I'm sure we'll get into that when talking about the show proper. But yeah, I would have expected a bit more of that type of hillbilly hand fishing look to pop up in Alaska. (laughs) Okay, well, let's talk a little bit about what this is for people who are a little confused still about what they're listening to a podcast about. So this is almost like, and and I talked about this uh, with Mari over the summer, uh, similar to Naked and Afraid XL. Uh, So they have like Naked and Afraid, like all-stars where there are teams and they sort of set things up. But it's just basically that show is there's no prize it's just you are just like trying to make it as far as you can you're pushing yourself that's it this however 
is a show where we're going to take 16 people similar to the early days of Survivor. We're going to break them up into four teams. And then at the end of this, and again, Mike, maybe you can uh, give us a little bit more of like a setup about how this is structured. Somebody is going to win a million dollars at the end of this, but you need to be part of a team. And a lot of these people are sort of like survivalists and nomads and people who spend a lot of time by themselves. You need to be part of a team to win. So does that imply co-winners, Mike? Yeah, so it's, it is a bit of a team win. I don't think I'm spoiling too much to say that in the finale of the teams that are left, they do participate in like one final quote unquote challenge. And then whichever group finishes that challenge first of the remaining people that are around split the pie. We're not going to ultimately exactly. go squid game or it's like, all right, now it goes down to the singles round. Honestly, I would not Fight be surprised again, yeah. given some of the stuff you are going to see over the rest of this season okay. that they would go in that absolutely selfish direction. But no, they are surprisingly selfless. By the <laughs> okay, show. so you are in a battle against the elements as part of a team, but you are also in a battle against each other because Chappelle, the only rules seemingly on this show is that you can't kill anybody else. I think I'm not, <laughs> I, you may be able to cause bodily harm. I'm not sure about that. I'm I'm unclear about that. Maybe Mike can clarify. I think the only rule is you cannot murder, death, kill anybody. Yeah, you can't kill anybody and you have to win as part of a team. So there are no solo winners here. And so it does behoove you not to kill at least the last person that you're with. But yeah, yeah, the aside from that, I've only seen two episodes. And even in the first two episodes, I started to think, well, this is this is going to get really, really bad. Right. Like This is mm-hmm. not going to be great. There's too many. There's, there's too much um, like left for interpretation. You know, they just say, go out in the, in the woods and survive and last. And that's it. There's no, there's no boundaries. There's no, you can't talk to these people. You can't do these things. You can't steal. Um, and then it just st- slowly starts to snowball. Like I said, by the end of the second episode, you're starting to think, okay, this could get bad. And from what I can tell, based on what Mike is saying, it gets really, really bad in the end. And I am very excited to finish this season now. Yeah. Okay. Mike, do we have the rules down? I mean, pretty much the rules are that there are no rules. We're going full Outback Steakhouse <laughs> circa mid, mid-aughts here. And it was purposely done. You know, I had the chance to talk with Grant Collar, who is one of the EPs of the show, someone who came over from Alone, which I think this is like one of the closest comparisons to, right? Alone is uh, a very much celebrated survivalist series where people are dropped off in the wilderness by themselves. And like you were saying before, Rob, with Naked and Afraid XL, it's just survive for as long as you can by yourself i'll admit as i said before i am not usually a fan of these survivalist shows a because it is one of the like least accessible points of any type of content Mm -hmm. for me despite the fact that i've dedicated my life to covering a show where people are roughing out out on an island uh i cannot you know really commiserate with anybody about surviving outdoors because i have very little experience with the thing the closest i have is 20 plus years of survivor experience but I usually watch competitive reality television. You know, I usually dump it to shows where it's like, okay, if there is something you have to do to either vote people out or people are eliminated along the way, then I'm more keen to watch it. And that is something that really attracted me to Outlast to begin with. This idea of, okay, people are going to drop along the way. Rob, I do think there's a bit of of a comparison to the beloved Beyond the Edge Mm -hmm. as well in terms of like, people have the ability to tap out. But in this case, that is a much more heartwarming that's the care bears this is like the gi joe comparison where Mm -hmm. that is all 
we can do this together if we just believe. These people are like, good, you're weak. Get the hell out of here. Stop preventing me from winning money. And you can tell, even though there's only one team named Alpha, this is a group full of 16 Alphas. And like Chappelle said, that behavior is really starting to reflect in the end of these first couple episodes. And we have nowhere to go but down from here into Dante's Inferno. Yeah. I mean, Chappelle, in some ways, I feel like it's almost like a real life version of like what we see in like The Walking Dead, where, you know, it's basically like setting up all like all of these like colonies. Everybody's fighting for themselves and fighting over resources. And while there are not walkers there are a ton of brown bears uh that are in, in like not far away that could come and kill them at any point yeah oh god there's so much to unpack just from that statement um yeah with the yeah, walking mo- most dead- bears per square mile take that san francisco <laughs> <laughs> sorry that was my gear so stupid yeah, <laughs> um, um, yeah so yeah it's very walking dead and yet you have all these people you really don't have a rooting interest i guess you could kind of like latch on to somebody just based on their personality but within seconds that person can be gone they, they could just decide you know what it got cold last night i'm out and it's not to say that to minimize the stuff that they're going through because i like i said if it gets cold i'm out i, I wouldn't even be there for mm-hmm. three seconds but the show even says it, you know, you think you have to survive and outlast the Alaskan wilderness, but it's really the people, you know, and that is the story yep. of The Walking Dead. Like mm-hmm. you thought the walkers were the issue. You think the brown bears are the problem, but it's really each other. Each of us is batshit crazy and we're about to attack. And it's just like it's all just boiling to the surface. And you can tell it starts off slow, but it just starts to gain momentum. And then like I would not be shocked if somebody just like buried everyone alive and took off with the money. <laughs> like I'm still a part of the team. Look at me. They, wait, they, yeah. they made it, and, you know. And, and that's what I really just got so captivated about with this show for many reasons, because, look, we are decades upon decades into reality television it is very rare for me to find like a new concept for a show where people are kind of building it as they go. Like we said, there are very Mm. little rules inscripted on this Hammurabi's code. It's very similar actually to like why I fell in love with the traders as a concept is because those people to use a Jeff Probst adage that was kind of beaten in our heads over last fall, like the social contract, right? How do the contestants look at this concept of a show and say, okay, how do we figure out how we want to play it? essentially like they're sort of building the blueprint here we experienced this all the way back in the summer of 2000 right like getting to see how survivor Mm -hmm. changed from just a survival of the fittest type of show into okay it's all about making alliances and sort of voting off the strong people at certain points and joining up with others that are like-minded from you i really enjoy especially in this day and age where there's so much reality tv out there and everything feels the same having a show like this like traders where people are looking at this new concept and saying like oh okay I could kind of do what I want out here and then almost creating a very different vehicle for the show than I think even the people who made the show intended for it to be. Yeah, that's what's really exciting about this is that it is, you know, something that, you know, is coming so far down the road in the reality TV like evolution. But it also at the same time feels very much like a throwback of I don't know necessarily like what the maybe Mike from your conversations with the producers, like what they thought this was going to be. But, you know, in the just like that, the first Survivor season was not exactly what Mark Burnett thought it was going to be. Like, uh, I think that this veers in a uh, very unusual direction. 
Yeah, 100%. I mean, he says that as much. He thought it was just going to be another survivalist show, and he flat out says it turns into Lord of the Flies. I think Amy Chan watched the whole thing and said it goes even further. She said it goes up straight up Hunger Games. Uh, maybe not to the level of murder, death, kill, but certainly maybe, uh, you know, maybe veering, t- stepping foot into that territory in a manner of speaking. Again, we'll talk about it more next week, perhaps. But yeah, it definitely was something that surprised them, which is interesting considering that they cast these people, right? Like you probably expect at least a smidge of the behavior that they got. I think it's just a matter of they probably did not expect things to get blown out to the level that they did. They're assuming that contestants would do push-ups on rafts to brag to other teams. But there are things to come that I think very much supersede that type of show-offiness. Mike, did you talk to Jason Bateman? Because why is his name popping up? Why is he attached to this? Is, is he nuts? I mean, listen, he went. He lived in I the Ozarks this. for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's I, the producer. It, just Jason Bateman is one of the EPs on that this. That Jason who, Bateman? That yeah. Jason Bateman. No, this this is not uh, one of those <laughs> not that guy scenario where there happens to be another man named Jason Bateman. No, Michael Bluth himself signed off on mm-hmm. this. Uh, and I think by the end of this, he's going to look at the camera and say, I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> okay, so here's what I want to do. Let's Let's take a break, okay? This has been your teaser, okay? So if you are thinking about, like, checking this show out, okay, that that's the selling point or the reasons not to watch it if it's not your thing. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, let's talk about uh, how this show starts off and everybody that we get to meet. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, we get our 16 contestants that are dropped off and basically they bring them out there and they have to like immediately form four different teams. Uh, We're going to meet them. They are Alpha Camp, Bravo Camp, Charlie Camp, Delta Camp. There are no rules in terms of how the teams should come together. They just sort of like uh, it's basically like you're at some sort of like a, you know, company meeting and they're like, all right, uh, everybody get in a group of four. 
Yeah, and because one of the rules of the game is that you cannot win without being in a, to- in, a in a team, everybody just scrambles to be a part of one. They just grab random people. And I mean, it makes sense because at those company uh, like retreats and stuff like that, when they say get in a group, there's always like the one or two people who just don't move, right? Who just kind of sit there, fill out the crowd, see where they can fit in. They don't want to, like, you know, try to insert themselves in the group. They don't want to pick the wrong group. They're very timid. You don't have a chance to be timid here because if the game ends in three seconds, then you need to be a part of the team to, to get the money. And so they just snatch each other up with no first impressions, just based off of sight. And so uh, it happens very, very quickly. And I think it's, Almost. Well, I think it's not balanced at all, actually. <laughs> you know, no. I think they just no, grab no, we, we had a whole dude bro team going on with one of them. So, yeah, fell far from balanced. Yeah, yeah for um, sure. There are only a couple of women uh, that are out there. I think that are there are there four women? There are five. five. I believe we have okay. Amber, Amber and Jill, Andrea and Angie, and then Dawn. Dawn are oh, all, five yeah. women. So yeah. five two women former and Survivor men. players. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> two teams, a lot of A names also. Two teams have two women, and then uh, there's a third team that has one woman. Yes, and like I said, a, a lot of these people played Survivor before. I was like, Amber's here? Uh, Jill? Dr. Jill? Mm-hmm. You know, Brian? I was like, oh my God, Andrea's back? Angie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was yeah, Andrea, we, we, we should have known that the show would go the way it did because Andrea was on this season and we know she's always part of seasons where a lot of shady shit goes down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the teams that they basically, they all get together and they go into their uh, camps. Uh, it's Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, and Delta. And we, we should also we should also mention here actually uh, something that is interesting for a show in this day and age. No host. There is yeah. like random dismembered voice that will narrate things. But usually, a la Big Brother 18, they're getting these like parachuted care packages that come down and give them their sort of quote unquote tree mail for that day of, okay, here's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. There's one team of people that like they were the people that got picked last uh, and they end up being Delta team. But in the early going, uh, they end up being uh, probably the strongest team of Don, Joel, Jordan, and Paul, um, Mike, should we maybe we should talk about the four teams in the early going like as uh, a set as opposed to try to attempt to cover this chronologically? Because I feel like that the time is also a little bit wonky in the second episode. I felt like, OK, well, this is the second day. And I looked up on the screen. It's like day seven. Days yeah. Mm-hmm. No, they, they sort of yada yada through like, OK, let's get to the good stuff now. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's the, that's the other thing as well is that I'm trying to remember if it does go. I think there is a cutoff. They don't talk about it, I believe, in the opening to the show, but it's not OK. Just survive out there as long as you can. The last team standing wins. It is. You have to make it until a certain point in time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe through that first week, they were kind of yada yadaing through. Okay, and they tried making fire again, and they tried catching the fish again, and they said, okay, let's cut to the good stuff. But yeah, I think it makes sense to talk about each team in and of themselves, because the second episode is really when we get to see the teams interacting with each other. Otherwise, they're on their own. Okay. All right. Uh, Chappelle, did you have a favorite of the four teams? Uh, uh, no, I'm very concerned about all these people. Uh, and I, and I'm pretty sure each of my notes has like something by someone's name that says you should watch out for that person because they're nuts. Um, but I think, um, my favorite to watch is probably that, uh, Delta team because Jordan is such a jerk and I know he's probably listening to this, but I love that. I love somebody who is just an a-hole for no reason. That's not hurting Mm -hmm. anybody. I'm sure soon he'll push somebody off of a cliff. But just, you know, 
push-ups on a raft and yeah. like heckling the other tribe randomly, like walking over to them and be like, ooh, y'all don't have fire? Mm, well, honestly, I think that the Delta team, the team that got picked last, they I feel like they've had actually like the least conflict, like inner, right. inner team conflict because uh, things have gone, you know, very smoothly for them. And Jordan, he is um, a contractor, I believe, but he is a, has a military background and uh, that he is somebody who uh, has really been in like sort of like a Russell Hance uh, sort of way, has been a person who wants to do the most in terms of sort of like um, psychologically messing with the other teams, Mike. Yeah, he's the first one to break the seal on the mental warfare. And again, I will keep saying it only gets better slash worse from here. It is interesting because... On the surface, Delta team is the most rootable, right? Because these are the bad news bears. They were the ones left over. Nobody wanted to pick them. And I, I mm -hmm. did love the moment of synergy in the first episode, right? When it's like, oh, Jordan and Joel, they can construct things. Paul can hunt. Dawn is a cook. Like, oh my God, actually, they're the perfect team together. But then that gets superseded by the fact that the cockiest person on the season, besides maybe like Javier, is part of the underdog team. So like that, mm -hmm. that yeah. rootability is, is superseded by the fact that this cockamamie guy is mm. now putting his full rooster crest up <laughs> and is strutting around the Alaskan wilderness being like, cha-chi-cha, mm -hmm. a la Jason Bateman. Come on, yeah, you know, come at me. We, we're not the best team around. Yeah, I feel like it's very quickly in that they weren't the people that got picked, but you see like like within like the first day, oh, like, oh, they actually really have their act together, you know, that they were the people that they should have been picked. They were the diamonds in the rough uh, and ultimately that they are going to. And you, and you see that sometimes uh, right away, Chappelle, you have these uh, like undrafted people in the NFL. And then, you know, the, from the day one, they're one of the stars. Uh, yeah, that that's true. And, and it's one of those things where, where Mike was talking about where these these people get to make their own rules. They get to define what this show is. And so if you come in thinking, I'm going to root for that underdog team, you know, the team that is just like, oh, yeah, the group of misfits that came together, that is like the diamonds in the rough. And you say, OK, that's what I'm doing here. Then they go out to be massive jerks. And you're just like, wait. Am yeah. I rooting for the people who do the psychological warfare? Because that changes yeah. mm -hmm. the way I'm watching the show now. And now for if there is a, a season point. two, yeah, if there is a season two, the fan favorite was doing the psychological warfare. So it's like, why would we not do more of this? Why do why why are we defining our show as these are the people you root for and these are the people you don't root for? Um, and I, I found myself shifting. I did. Because like I said, for a second, I was like, yeah, Delta, you show them. And then was, as people started to quit the other uh, teams, I started like, well, I don't want them to do so poorly. I mean, it looks like they're really cold, you know, and uh, yeah. Jordan, stop doing those push-ups. That's mean, you know, and so it's starting to change <laughs> a little bit um, throughout the first two episodes. And I imagine how bad it's going to be at uh, episode eight. Mm -hmm. yeah, it really is. It really is the difference between like the Mighty Ducks one and the Mighty Ducks two, right? Where the Mighty Ducks, they were the underdogs. They were the ones, Gordon Bombay, Flying V, and then Mighty Ducks two. It's like, God, we hate the Mighty Ducks now. And that was more for plot expediency's sake. Here, it's just personality where, like Chappelle said, just due to numbers, they end up being the lone team at the end of these first two episodes to not lose anybody even now jordan's big first 3d chess move is to be like well i think one of our people is soon to break so we're happy to poach one of yours <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> um, that ends up happening. Uh, is that in the, in the first first episode or the second episode that he the, does that? The second episode. Yeah. Once once we start really starting to hemorrhage people, that's when he's, he right. walks over to right. Charlie Camp. And I believe Jordan's the first one to actually cross foot into enemy slash friend territory of the entire cast. Well, what I didn't realize is that the way that the camps are set up until the second episode was that basically that there's this river and on the river, basically two of the teams are on one side and then the other two teams are on the other side of the river. So it's actually very easy to walk from uh, the one camp to another. So you have the Delta camp. Uh, they are on the same side of the river as Charlie camp. Uh, and then Alpha Camp is on the same uh, side of the river as Bravo Camp. So uh, it's interesting to see. Uh, and we saw in the second episode that there's some talk of an alliance between Alpha and Bravo against the people on the other side of the river. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. But I do want to talk about Bravo Camp because Bravo Camp, I think, does have the most drama early on. Uh, Bravo Camp is Brian, Corey, Javier and Tim. And Javier is uh, presented to us, Chappelle. He is a nomad of 20 years. Uh, and in addition to being a nomad, he's a bit of a nomad at all, if uh, you pick up what I'm saying. Uh, he's a pain in everybody's ass. Um, and it, it's fun to watch. It is because at first you're thinking, well, you know, somebody has to be in charge. Give that guy a break. He knows what he's talking about. And then the more people complain, you're like, well, maybe, maybe kind of sucks. And then... People are like, I'm quitting, and not because I'm freezing, not because it's raining, not because there's bears here. It's because fuck Javier. You know, it's like, yeah. oh my God. Mm -hmm. Interesting to see a 2023 Rupert, in my opinion, right? <laughs> to have this guy who, chameleon enough, does have a beard, who comes around being like, I know everything. Well, how dare you fish without me? You lost the spearhead in the ocean. And now we got to see maybe, you know, if Austin was on Morgan with Rupert, he would have quit even sooner than he did. Uh, just because at that point, people are like, yeah, I'm kind of done with Javier. And this poor guy, what's his name? Uh, Tim? Uh, Brian, Brian. No, Brian. Brian. Brian's, yeah. Brian's the leftover guy just being like, oh, I can't believe this. I got to yeah. be with Javier. Well, I love Brian. Brian, to me, yeah. is like the Rudy of the show. I mean, he yeah. is the older guy, and he's been the guy who has like sort of like the like not everybody is very quippy in the confessional. Uh, but I think that he's probably like the person who's giving like the most like humorous confessionals. Uh, he said about that, the, the cold night he was like, uh, he's like, uh, you're all lucky that uh, I only had to get up three times during the night to pee. Uh, and then after, uh, Tim and Corey ended up shooting the flares. He's like, it's just me and Javier now. Rut row. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> like he, he at least like, I think has like a bit of a sense of humor. Uh, yeah. and so I, I've enjoyed, uh, Brian who appears to be the oldest member of this cast. Oh, he is. He's 59 years old. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't get 59 from him, but you know, uh, that would mean he was like, he's, he's younger than what a BB Anderson was in survivor, uh, sure. season one. So, I mean, he's not, he's not that old and, uh, he seems to be having a good time, but yeah, he's confessional gold. I think that's why you cast someone like him as like, Oh, someone who actually like, they might be an introvert. They might be a wilderness person, but they're actually kind of funny. You know, their personality. Cause some of these people feel like their personality is about as dry as some of that driftwood is. And then oh, yeah, that when fat it gets wood. Wet, fat yeah, wood. that fat yeah. wood. Yeah. 
And so I was like, okay, I'll take it. There is a one joke he says or something about when they slept on the ground, like, oh yeah, my, my butt cheeks were like ice cubes, <laughs> ice cubes or something yeah. like that. I was like, oh, this poor man. But I could not be happier for him that everybody else is quitting on his team because I just know like if you left him to his own devices, he'd be fine. He just has to deal with Javier. And that's probably not a bad alliance because if you can drag Javier over to other people's uh, camps, He's just going to sabotage them, too, and they're all going to quit. Like, the battle between Javier and Jordan is going to be epic. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's it's just really interesting that, despite the fact that, like you said, Brian is left as the straight man to Javier's crazy man of having to deal with this. And we see this in the second episode when he's like, all right, Javier, we'll go down the freaking river and launch our raft. Mm-hmm. Good, good idea, dumbass. Uh, like, <laughs> you know, they open up, you know, he opens episode two by being like, good riddance good thing those two jamokes ended up leaving us because these two guys and we'll talk about the, the yeah. players being fired uh, a quarter of the cast ends up quitting in the first two episodes yeah that was by far the most like unceremonious quit those two guys we didn't see a lot from Corey. we did see tim interacting with javier i thought there was a really cool scene where they're going through and they're looking for shellfish to uh, pick up and javier you know for maybe if he's annoying he does know his stuff and he's picking these uh, different, uh, basically like they're like mussels from the rocks. Yeah, they, they, they call them limpets, I believe. Limpets. And, and he talks about how, hey, here's what we need to do. We need to uh, kiss your muscles. Not like Mr. Pectacular does, but yeah. we need to go ahead. Oh, yeah. And if, you, if you kiss Mr. Pectacular's muscles, your mouth is definitely turning numb after 30 minutes. Yeah, That's when you know there's something in there. Here's what we need to do, because that this is the trick where we have no idea if these are poisonous or not to humans. And so we need to like uh, like kiss them. And then in 30 minutes to an hour, if our lips are numb, then you know, we know that this is poisonous and he's with Tim. I think it's day one. And Tim's like, well, all right, well, I'm going to go for it. Um, and Javier's like, look, we still have fat reserves on our body. I'd wait. And Tim's like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. It's like, I really don't like you, Javier. So I'm just going to do the opposite of whatever you're saying. Because <laughs> yeah. you oh, uh, Javier's on my team. Let me eat all these poison muscles as many as <laughs> I, I can. I need to here. leave this game. Mm-hmm. Medevac me, please. You know, I don't want to quit, but I definitely will eat a poison muscle to get away from him. Uh, but yeah, that's the thing. He knows everything. They 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 all have like conceded that Javier knows what he's talking about. He's just horrible to live with. And that's one of the things that, I mean, we talked about in other shows. A lot of times it's not the competition aspect. It is the interacting with other people. And these people, this group of people right here specifically, is a group of people that doesn't interact with other people well. That was like one of the only criteria. Was like, do you like people? And they're like, no. Okay, well, you're on. You're on with 16 other people. Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. They call them lone wolves for a reason. And all these lone wolves have to work together as a team because that's the biggest obstacle. It was never going to be the surviving aspect. They could have been naked and afraid and they would have been fine. It is the, I have to bring this person with me too. I don't like people. I'd rather be out here with the bears. And so that's what starts to really just weigh on them. Each other's personalities is a real villain here. So Mike, I want to ask you about with Corey and Tim, uh, who mm-hmm. ultimately are going to end up. We don't really see a lot from Corey, who I believe is a bartender. Uh, and then Tim is, you know, uh, obviously doesn't like Javier. We sort of open up the second episode with like, oh, two more flares went up in the air. And we find out that it's Corey and Tim. Do you feel is this like a Purple Kelly and Nayanka situation where it's like, you know, it's hard to quit the show. But if somebody else is thinking about it, like. I'm, I'll quit too. Yeah. If yeah, he's quitting, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to quit also. 
I do think so, that it's like, oh, if somebody else is providing it out, that makes things monumentally easy for me. Thanks for holding the door, buddy. And Mm -hmm. I guess from what we see, it turns out that certainly one of them, I'm trying to remember, I think it was Tim is the one who said that, like, he actually doesn't have a lot of survival experience. His most experience is growing up watching these survivalist shows. So it's very clear. And Brian's going to talk about this as well. Got up off the couch. Yeah, that clearly, <laughs> but but he's saying like, give me the couch sometime soon. My, my butt cheeks are like ice cubes right now. And so I think he very much was in over his head. And Brian just says that Charlie, uh, Corey complains all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was just a matter of Corey was maybe the anti Javier quit, whereas Tim is the, oh my God, what the hell did I sign up for? Which was a bit of a purple Kelly type of quit in many ways. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm Tim. I'm definitely the one who's like, don't y'all want to quit? Like as a family, like as a group, though, like or what if we all left? Who would So you think we could just go like I'm going to grab the flare. Anybody want to join me? And I'm just waiting on somebody to say, yeah, I think I'm going to quit. Too. Like, thank God. OK, let's get out of here. Like calling the chopper. I'm out. You know, uh, thanks, Corey. You're such a loser. I'm quitting with you in solidarity uh, <laughs> because I could not have done this. This is one of the many reality shows that I talk a lot of trash about these shows and these people on these podcasts. But I know good and well that they are all better people than me because I could never. I could never. These people are probably worse than me, which is why they yeah, can do this. Let's, but I, I'm talking about yeah. like in the sense of this competition reality show game. This is not your show. I, this is not for me. None of them are. Yeah. Literally none of them. Maybe. Uh, no, none of them. Lego Masters. I probably could. No, because I'd step on one. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. None of these are for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> so Corey, I also believe, said he doesn't like being around people. Doesn't doesn't really like interacting with people. And his job is bartender. <laughs> well, I think that's something about the business of the bar he is tending. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. like, oh, you call. know what? Take, yeah. take, take all the time off work you need to. We have nothing going on here. <laughs> Nobody's coming in. Okay. We, all right. We love a gruff uh, bartender, though, from like the old TV sitcoms and stuff like that. You come in and he's like, yeah, sit down, have a Get beer. Lost. He's like, oh, yeah. I don't really want that. Yeah. And he's wiping down the table. Please. And you're like, you want to vent to him. He doesn't want to listen, but he's got a heart of gold. You know, I think that's who we were talking about right here. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. That's Corey and Tim. Uh, they're gone. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to Brian and Tim when we talk about uh, the raft building in the second episode. Uh, then probably another team that has a lot of drama in the first episode is uh, the Charlie camp. Uh, I was going to say, uh, Rob, how are you feeling a bit of All-Stars PTSD between raft building challenges and someone drinking contaminated water? Yeah. Uh, so the Charlie camp is Andrea, Angie, Nick and Seth. Uh, and we see like right off the bat uh, that Angie and Nick uh, have some friction. Uh, but it's really Andrea who's going to be at the center of the drama here because uh, they're going to go look for some water that you can drink uh and really i guess you are looking for water that is moving uh and moving like rapidly and so andrea they have these two tin cups which mike shouldn't they have given them four four cups at least (laughs) no this is a hardcore show and they want people to stab each other for those cups you know (laughs) i want someone to get beaten to death for a tin cup Mm -hmm. yeah so the Andrea, like they find some water and it's sort of like moving slightly, a little bit like a little creek. She's like, okay. She sticks her thing in. Like, <laughs> and they're like, no, no, I wouldn't do that. She's like, ah, it's fine. Uh, she drinks it and they're like, eh, th- there could be some bacterial contamination. And, and similarly, 
you know, in Survivor All-Stars, they told us that we needed to do this. And Sue Hawk uh, yep. and Rudy, all, you know, both of them uh, said, I'm going to I'm going to brave it. And Sue Hawk is like, oh, yeah, I've drank water with beaver poop in it. It's fine. So maybe Sue Hawk was getting ready for Survivor All-Stars by drinking this type of water. And it's no problem. Rudy famously said, you know, uh, back into Vietnam, we drank from the water that had uh, dead bodies floating in it. So, and, you know, both of them turned out, you know, completely fine. Like, uh, yeah, I think I think it just goes to show that, like, do not look to Rudy and Sue as like examples in general. Right. For many reasons of like, don't do what they did. They very much broke the rules. And we see from Andrea what's going to happen 99 percent of the time, which is your body says, well, that water was moving. So were your bowels at this point. Good yes, time. because Chappelle, that Andrea is going to uh, become severely ill uh, not too long after she drinks uh, from the water. Uh, and I believe that it is described as she is suffering from relentless vomiting. That's never happened uh, to you, right, Chappelle? No, well, yeah, so but not, not for this power. reason. Yeah, not not for this reason, no. Uh, but it's crazy that she does this because, you know, like I said, maybe it's just because we've made a career of talking about, you know, these reality shows where people do stupid stuff like this. It's like, I know you've seen this episode before, right? I know you've seen Bruce try to filter the water through his T-shirt, you know, like yeah. this. <laughs> This is not. Oh, this is man. how these Bruce, things happen. Bruce Canna guy would have been incredible. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think. Like there, well, there Wait, are some Bruce, fun survival. Bruce has always have problems with their t-shirts. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. <laughs> I think it'd be interesting to bring on some of these Survivor alumni. Maybe they'll do a, a traders for season two of Outlast, and they say like, okay, these people couldn't outlast on Survivor, but they can here. Where it's Bruce. It's uh, well, I was gonna say a certain two-time contestant who shall not be named, but that would be. A key example of yeah. someone that would be on this type of show. Uh, you have a Roxroy, maybe would be someone who is out here. Mm -hmm. Poor Roxroy, <laughs> that would not that would not be pretty. It's it's weird to me to watch people drink water like that when it's just like I'm already if I'm on one of these shows. But my one instinct is to not eat or consume anything like and I'm a person who I eat a lot. Everybody knows I'm a food person. I am eating and drinking all the time. And I would be out there terrified to eat the wrong thing. Like I would be on my deathbed. So I would have to force that water down my throat Like before I just go out and be like, it's fine. I'm thirsty. But these people live a life where this is normal. They say I've lived out in the wilderness for months by myself just because I woke up one day and decided to go spend four months in the woods. And so this is normal. And the whole time I'm thinking. You're not Rudy Bosch. Rudy is built different. Rudy lived mm -hmm. to 91. Navy SEAL. Yeah. 91. That is not like if Rudy did it, you should be doing the opposite of what he did because he's not like you. That's a that is a machine. Like that's not the that's not the same as like, oh yeah, I just I've been drinking normal water all week. I just thought I'd go you know, dive into some beaver poop water and start drinking it. It just doesn't work like that. And we see I, uh I will Andrew say get I will say though quickly. good diet supplement. It seems. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if you want to, if you want to do a you, cleanse, who needs flat tummy tea? I want Insta people to start schlepping out like beaver poop water. Hmm. Yeah, yeah and, and I know after the season, since the season, I mean, it's just like dropped as, as a whole. But I mean, months from now, we're gonna hear about the horror stories, right? Of like how these people's bodies were affected. Because that's the one thing I do know about Naked and Afraid is that all those people come out like super screwed up. They have all the diseases, all the worms, and all kinds of stuff. And I just don't think these people are gonna do any better. I could 
foresee like some lawsuits in the future, maybe. <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I don't want to speculate too much on. Uh, what, I do. I really do. <laughs> we'll find out maybe in the yeah, deep, actually, in the deep dives. The, you, Mike, you have any you, deep dives you, coming with these cast members? <laughs> I'm staying as far away from these people as I humanly can. I'm gonna be like the lone wolf of reporters. I'm like I'm going out into the middle of my journalistic yeah. jungle. Chappelle, you want to join me for a deep the- dive with anybody next week? Pick a person. Okay, let's see. We got to see how it goes. Happy, right? We got. Well, we don't know. We got to see how it goes. Um. So ultimately, Andrea, she is going to launch the flare. Uh, we're gonna see where you know a little bit. Angie's like, no, don't go. And she's like, no, I, listen, I have to go. I'm leaving. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm going too much. That's the problem. Uh, but I think it's interesting, right? Because Angie, and this will come into the second episode. Like, she is someone who is very much about having this kind of not trauma but she comes in with this previous experience of like she's a military brat she has existed in a lot of environments where she is looked down upon because of her gender and she's like great there are only five women in the cast but i'm really glad i'm on a team with another woman and especially one woman that wouldn't be stupid enough to drink just random water out of the ground Mm -hmm. without even testing it cut to her being the only woman left in the second episode and getting screamed at by one of the guys on her team I want to talk about mm-hmm. Alpha Team as well. Alpha Team probably had like the uh, least story in uh, episode one. Alpha Team ends up being Amber, Jill, Justin, and Lee. Uh, but I do think that they probably have, I-, I thought maybe the most compelling character here in yeah. the show. Uh, and that is Amber. And Amber talks about how that she has been a person who has uh, gone through a lot, uh, that she is a former heroin addict and talks about in the opening about how she has seen some of the like darkest sides of humanity. Chappelle, she talks about how uh, she is also a woman who was shot in the face by the man that she loves. The bullet went through her face. And then she said the most unsettling part of it was, and I wish I could say that was the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Oh my God. Look, she won Survivor All-Stars. We've mm-hmm. seen her go through so much more. I, I was in shock because I like I had to rewind it because I was like, she meant that figuratively, right? Like she got shot in the face in, with adversity, you know, like or like theoretically. But it's like, no, no, no. A bullet went through her face, but she's fine. And now they're like, you know, the casting people, they heard you got shot in the face and lived and that's not the worst thing that ever happened to you. And he said, great, we need to put you on TV. Mm-hmm. We need to put you on TV with other people because you sound well-adjusted <laughs> and normal. And so we're going to throw you out here and hope for the best. And uh, I think they got exactly what they wanted from Amber. I think she is what they were looking for when they cast this show because there's no way you go out and get a former heroin addict slash felon who was shot in the face and put them on a show with 16 other people and say, go out there and there are no rules. I just think you're gambling too much. Not to paint all felon heroin addicts with a broad brush, but I do think there needs to be a level of discernment when, when casting people for this kind of show, but I think they got exactly what they needed. Yeah, it's like an HBO Forrest Gump story, right? Like, let me tell you about the time where I got shot in the face and then I survived. <laughs> but Forrest Gump got shot in a very different area and lived through it. Uh, this Amber story is wild. And yeah. it's something I adore about reality TV is how people go through these like monumental circumstances and live to tell about it, but talk about it so nonchalantly. I think back to Becky from Big Brother 17 with the exact same thing. Like, oh yeah, I got hit by a train. 
and it was fine. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and like, but they talked about it with the exact same energy of like, yeah, I stepped in dog poop today. It sucked, but I wiped it off my shoe at the end of the day. Like, no, you got hit by a moving piece of metal at hundreds <laughs> of miles an hour. You got shot in the face at a pretty dang good distance and you live to tell the tale. Like, if I were them, I would change my last name to Mike Shot in the Face. In the because, face. like, I, yeah, I would want everyone in the world to hear it. The fact that they are making it, like, third on their list of things to know about me says a lot about them. Mm-hmm. I'm, I got, I definitely have the T-shirt that's, like, ask me about the time I got shot in my face. You know, and, and yeah, <laughs> like, y'all think I'm at the bar now. What? That's, that's the best bar story ever. It's like, yeah, I have a, a shot of this and a shot of that, and I also got shot in the Speaking face. Speaking of shots, know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then the other storyline that really about Alpha in the first episode was about like where their camp was going to be set up. Jill uh, found one spot, but ultimately it turned out to be uh, not that great of a spot, but really yeah. uh, not too much drama for Alpha through uh, the first couple of days. Uh, the first episode is ultimately going to end on Andrea leaving the camp. And we get a glimpse in the super tease about all of the drama that is uh, going to be coming. And uh, we're going to see a little bit of that play out in the challenge that the Outlast players get in the second episode, which we will talk about after one more break. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello. All right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. All right, we mentioned earlier that the second episode was going to kick off with two more quits, but Mike, that that wasn't the only person who was getting ready to leave on Outlast. Emphasis on Lee in leave. Yeah, so Lee, who I have to imagine this was Jason Bateman leaning on the casting, being like, that guy looks like David Cross. We've got to put him on. I know how to work with David. Uh, Because Lee is the guy that does look like a relative of the man with like these uh, thick rim glasses that he has on. Like he's about to go play some Mm b-ball and he is out. He ends up, despite being, he is sort of uh, definitely one of the more seasoned people, right? He was a member of the Marines. He has this like fun Ranger hat to prove it. But he ends up kind of going off on his own and he just gets violently ill in episode two to the point where he is heaving sobs in the morning and his body is just so broken down that he has to be actually helped to the shore to fire off the flare. And here comes Jill, who is probably the closest thing to the aforementioned Sue Hawk I have seen on the show, being like, I just blame those other weak people for firing off the flares because it gave Lee the incentive to quit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lee saw everybody else say, it's okay to quit. And Lee started to cough up a lung and said, okay, I guess I'll do it. And the whole time they're like, Mm-mm, look at that. Another week. But like, come on, y'all. It's day set. Well, I think Lee quits by day five. Um, so it's like, 
it hasn't even been a week. Four of these people who were, I mean, they were cast to be like wilderness survivor list people. And you don't think it's very like suspicious that these people are dropping life lives. Like they think like I'm a cut above everybody else. I'm different. I'm built different like Rudy. Like I'm, I'm going to be the one out like, no, you should be worried. You should be worried about what happened to these people within five days to make them want to quit. Um, but you know, um, in the in the like uh, the super preview or whatever for the rest of the season, that that montage is so vicious that I think that's why I'm like on edge trying to figure out what does happen to these people, right? Because you see people saying like, "Just let's just cut the bitch's head off," you know, like or she's going for the raft. I'm like, oh my god, I'm bleeding every day. Is everybody okay here? No, uh, they no. Nope. All these people have problems, uh, and I just think Lee was smart enough to get out when it became a cough. He said, "Okay." I'm just going to pull the plug right here. No need to make this any worse. So the other big thing that happens at the start of the second episode is, and we touched on this a little bit, uh, that Jordan is going to go and pay a visit to the Charlie camp. That We know that the Charlie camp, that's where Andrea has left from. Jordan is going to be, he's going to go out looking for salmon, and he ends up wandering into this other camp. And Mike, this is really where the psychological warfare is going to kick off because he is going to try to antagonize them by talking about how great uh, they are all doing at their camp, save for one person. Right. He says, well, looks like someone's looking at that flare gun with a bit of a sparkle in their eyes. So, hell, I mean, what should be noted is you do have to finish on a team but you do not have to finish with the team that you started on. And there are opportunities where you may be able to walk over and we see this happen uh, perhaps a bit in the second episode, right? Where people are like, okay, maybe I'm looking a bit at the other team saying, okay, I want to work with them now. And I think that's a very fun aspect of it as well. And that speaks towards the no rules aspect is like, you can leave your team at mm-hmm. any point in time and join another camp if you want to. And I think that's what Jordan is trying to do here. Try to sow some discord. I think Russell's a very apt comparison. And luckily with Nick, I'm we are now to take their socks and put them exactly. in the fire. I mean, listen, it makes it look like adopting a puppy by comparison, considering again, my dog died, Mike. That's too soon. My dog <laughs> died by a in bear Kat- in Katrina. <laughs> Katrina was the name of the bear that ate my dog. <laughs> <laughs> but to watch, you know, Nick look at Jordan and be like, I don't believe him. We are now one for two on reality shows this week with someone actually correctly assuming something based on body language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where's Carson with to say that uh, the body language is bad from Jordan? Uh, although it really was uh, from Jordan in terms of his deception here. But yeah, he's trying to imply that, okay, well, oh, we might be, somebody might be leaving and that might be opening up a spot. Mike, is there a still a four person max on a team? Is that one of the other rules that you can't like if if they wanted to say like, all right, you know what? Let's just we've got a seven person team now. I don't think so. It's just a matter of like you making it to the end with them, but you have to split the pot at the mm-hmm. end. And so we only also- have two cups. Yeah, yeah. That, well, that's there's that thing. There's a bit of resources, right? We talk about this all the time in Survivor, people being like, I hate to rebuild the shelter now that we've merged and there are 12 people here instead of six. But at the same time, these people seem greedy as hell. And there is a chance that they may be like, I don't want to share this six ways. I want to share it three ways. I want to move forward with the people that I know I can be with and mm-hmm. screw everybody else. They can sleep in the cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I, I liked Jordan's tactic. I liked that he didn't come over and immediately just be like, oh, y'all stuff sucks. Y'all I should come join the winning team. He comes over like, oh, wow, look at this. You're in this nice little thing you got going on. You got fire. It looks You look you look warm. Well, you don't really look warm. You look kind of wet. Um, Our tribe is thriving. They're going to be winners here. And they're going to be losers. And I think you're, you look like you're doing fine. But if you want, we got... You know, just not not telling you what to do, but we got some. Anyway, I'm just gonna go back to our warm home where no one has quit, no one's sleeping on the ground. We we got a shelter. You know what? You just let me know if you want to talk. Bye, and leaves them. And that's really what pisses Nick off. He's like, "Oh no, honey, not me." It's like, "Yes, Nick." Um, like that's the thing. That's a, a, a like a villain you can get a good hate into, where they don't, mm-hmm. don't come over and be like, "All oh, y'all suck." They just tell you like. Mm, yeah, I just couldn't be like y'all, like ever. But okay, mm-hmm. fine. Is this how no. you want to live in squalor? Then go ahead. To give slight spoilers for previous episodes of Australian Survivor, it very, very much gave me the King George, like, well, the ship is sailing, so you the can get ship. on board or mm-hmm. you yeah. can drown. Uh, and these are very frigid waters. Don't die of exposure right now. Like, it very much was, to your point, Chappelle, not Jordan making a pitch of come over, him essentially saying, my camp is so unattainable that you'll want to join. He essentially was negging charlie camp to be like you mm-hmm. want to be with us because you're just living in squalor right now mm-hmm. yes i love it so condescending yeah <laughs> okay well speaking of ships so we are going to get our airdrop and mike this is something that production will do sometimes i guess it will be like a tree mail and sometimes it will be uh like supplies that are going to get dropped mm-hmm. on the people that are playing the game and so they get the message uh they get some stuff and they also get uh the some some things that will help them build a raft to an island that has some crab traps yeah listen uh, i i'd say within the maybe the top five things they, that they, they give, give them the heads up where they can score some pot yeah, exactly. And some of these people are like, I need it right now. There are <laughs> trees around me, but I need to smoke some trees. Uh, but yeah, I, I'd say of like of the top five things Alaska is known for, I'd say crab is probably one of them. And so uh, they're there. We saw people attempt to fish beforehand. Good on them for trying to MacGyver a hook. Wasn't working, not a nibble. And so this is a legitimate opportunity. The first time in the season, after a week there, where they have a chance to go for food, but it involves a lot of fun and a lot of drama both inter and intra team comes out of this idea of, okay, you have to build a raft because then there's also this element of like almost self-sacrifice where one person has to paddle the raft, but because the water is so freaking cold, you also also risk like possibly going out of the game due to hypothermia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is terrifying. I don't want any parts of this. I saw these rafts and I was like, nope, this is it. This yeah. is the way I, this is the way I die, you know, because um, there's no way, there's no way I'm getting in that water. We, we've kind of yada yada this, but this is Alaska. It's getting to be 30 degrees in the daytime. Like this is not normal behavior from people. Day seven, it's 40 degrees. And they're like, yeah, let's just take a raft out into the, into the water. No, I will not. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I'd start eating somebody else before I start doing stupid <laughs> shit like this. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is they mentioned this, that the rain is a huge effect in play. Ro- again, Rob, a bit of a callback to survivor all-stars, right? And you have said many times how the worst climate you could ever play survivor in is in a wet environment where you can just never get dry 
and warm. And so I think this is just yet another thing that bears mm-hmm. down on these people to the point where Mr. Narrator says that like they technically are playing in a rainforest. It's very different from the rainforest you played in, but it right. counts as a rainforest. I mean, it was horrible to be wet at night in like a warm climate. I could not imagine the torture it would be to be wet at night in or in the daytime uh in this cold environment these people are crazy and <laughs> every one of them should be protected from themselves and it's <laughs> like the application for like being on this show should have been like the, the the invitation for some sort of like uh a social services to come in and protect these people from themselves Oh, I love this. Mm. Like just a simple checkbox is the application. Are you a menace to society? Yes. Okay. Congratulations. You're on outlast. We're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, this challenge here. I'm sorry. It's just, even the rafts, they look all janky and I mean, they make them and it's a raft. So, I mean, it's not like, I don't know, like in my mind, rafts look a lot sturdier, you know, and they have a lot more to them than just like four pieces of wood and then like two like inner tubes I was like I really want more from my rap I need like a seatbelt or something mm-hmm. you know definitely like like some floaties this just doesn't feel like a good decision for me but this raft becomes such a source of conflict because then it's a question of who gets to go on the raft like Dear God, it will never be me. I'll never volunteer for this. (laughs) Okay, and there were some different approaches from the Mm -hmm. different teams. Now, Delta team, they had all four of their people. So, Mike, they felt like, hey, we're going to press our advantage of that we are going to, we have four people, we are going to use all four of our people, we're going to build the best raft, and we are going to dominate this, and we're going to basically send our guy, Justin, out there, and then uh, he's going to take all of the traps I love this so much. This was, well, the end of the episode was essentially the tortoise in the hair. His name's Jordan, not Justin. Uh, Listen, (laughs) they they all get mixed up. You knew who Uh, I was talking about. Yeah. Oh, listen, Justin is the one, though, with the very unique facial hair, right? He has the Pacific Northwest style. Mm-hmm. like, And I'm surprised he still has the curly Q mustache after a week in there. Shouldn't that thing get like saggy and nappy and all those types of things? I think tree sap is a great substitute for mustache wax. Oh, okay. Write that down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it's so great, right? To, I know we end the episode on a cliffhanger. They really circled us here with Netflix reality just loves to apparently not have resolutions at the end of their episodes because they know that people are usually binging them unless you're watching nothing but Netflix yeah. uh, and, and only checking out two episodes at a time. But to then have Jordan have the sheer audacity, the goal to passing by these starving people and be like, I think I get a few push-ups in while I'm slowly <laughs> drifting by them mm-hmm. is one of the best pieces of showmanship I have seen on reality TV in quite some time. Yeah. His yeah. mind, Chappelle. To even no, think to have the presence good. of mind to do that. It's so good. It really is. Because again, there is a way worse things you can do to somebody, but to just be like, no, I'm fine. I'm like physically I could do push-ups on a floating uh device that I mean y'all's are barely floating, but that's fine. I mine is sturdy and I am sturdy. You know, we are not quitting, we're fine over here. And uh yeah, we're on, on Survivor, we're on Survivor, you know, we're doing the thing. Mm-hmm. And so uh so yeah, so I, I appreciate that again. I, but I, I know that this is a menace. This Jordan person is going to be a problem. This is the type of person where you see like he's giving you breadcrumbs of like what's to come. You need to stomp this out. Now, like I think the 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 move here is for all three tribes to come together and just 
eliminate him. You know, just like tie him to a tree or something like that, shoot the flare and then leave because I'm. this is a minute waiting to happen. And honestly, leave the lady who got shot in the face too. You know, let them stay together and just see what happens. <laughs> well, let's talk about the other teams. Uh, let's save ultimately uh, Team Charlie for last. Uh, that we have, you know, the two man team of Team Bravo, Javier and Brian. Okay, they are going to be working on their raft together. And Javier has a plan. He says, you know what? We need to launch, build and launch the raft from further down because uh, we're too far away. It's, you know, I think we'll be we'll get an advantage if we go on foot and we'll build it. And Brian's like, I don't know about this, but uh, who wants to hear Javier? I'll fine. Let's just do it. I love this because, again, going back to the Rupert is Javier. This is his log cabin, right? This is his like, I've got this big grand plan. And everyone's like, this logically makes no sense. But I guess I'll go along with it. He was right about kissing the limpets. I guess he'll be right about walking a mile downstream and launching our raft there. I mean, technically, we don't know if he was right about that. We, no, we don't know. But <laughs> it still sounded sounds right. Like, yeah. Yeah. It it sounded like, listen, I'm with Brian. Just go with it at this point. You know, you're going to you're going to end up like making life a lot harder. Yeah. Than you're you, wasting uh, valuable calories just arguing against Javier. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then they even come across this random alliance. Right. Uh, that's when they run into Justin. And so their things are paying off, right? Where people are saying, you yeah. know, what if we just uh, form an alliance? What if we do this thing together? Which it sounds like a great idea. Like if you didn't tell me that these were horrible people, I would have assumed at some point all these people were going to like have a summit and say, okay, let's just stick this out as long as we can together. Yeah. Whoever loses, loses. And then whoever, whoever stays, we get like 62K or something and, like that. I don't know the math. Mike, in hindsight, this was a pretty good deal to make from Justin, a man who clearly does not know how to build a raft. So yeah. to make a handshake deal of like, hey, if we get there first, we'll split them with you. Uh, and then if you get and then if you get them, then you split them with us. Uh, for a man who is just going to spend the entire day attempting to build a raft and never launch one, uh, good deal. Oh, yeah. Win-win <laughs> on Justin's part here. He walks straight into the best negotiation of the entire show mm -hmm. by saying, great, I have to do nothing, which I'm already doing. And you two intrepid gentlemen are going to go get crab pots and I don't have to lift my ass off of these cold rocks sure fantastic i'll go ahead with it so i love and also like I said the fact that like this was not sought out they just happened to come across him on their path at the riverbank yeah i think was so fun and i think speaks to what you were saying about earlier rob this kind of slowly seated idea of camps possibly working together here now what should be noted is that there are five crad pods on the island if jordan gets there we know he's gonna take them all and if if Bravo Camp gets there, like they're going to take as many as they can and give half to Alpha Camp, which is a pretty damn good deal. Yeah, good deal. Okay, so those are uh, three of the teams uh, ultimately that are going to work on their ref. But we get into uh, over on it is um, Charlie team. Charlie team has the the most drama about their raft because Seth has built the raft. And we saw a little bit of uh, the tension between Angie and Nick. Boy, uh, Chappelle, these uh, reality show Nicks are always something. Yeah, I mean... That Nick Uhas has really been mm -hmm. <laughs> putting the team on his back. You know, it's like one of the few... Thinking of Netflix, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but this sucks. You know, like, we, we, I see the argument. And Big I Nick see energy. why... 
big Nick energy and some, <laughs> and some small Nick energy going on too. Often you, small you know? Nick energy yeah. uh, from yeah. these uh, reality TV Nicks. I, I love Nick's hair though. Nick has hair straight out of like an Aero Pastel catalog circa 2006. Yes. He's got like the down flippy hair and he's a wrestling coach and he still looks like he was an, an unfrozen caveman from that time. Mm-hmm. And he certainly carries those beliefs as well, right? Where he's essentially saying, Angie is making the argument, I'm light enough. She also touts like being a fisher woman or at least having experience with that. So she like knows her way around. And he basically is saying like, you lack the arm strength. No, yeah. no, no. Let Seth do it. But Mike, yeah, it's a weird argument that he's making where he's not necessarily like being the person that are like, look, no, 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 no. Trust me. I got this. I can do it. His argument is really like, no, I know you can't do it. Uh, he should go. He should go. You, it's... Um, you just can't do it. I, I'm pretty sure you you are not going to be able to do it. So let him go. Yeah, it's not yeah. really heroic, right? He's not saying, don't worry, I will be the one to take yeah. out. He's like, no, I just don't want you. I think yeah. Seth should do it. <laughs> Seth says he is, what, cold tolerant and then he has a background in swimming mm-hmm. and then it builds to a fervor, he's right? He's stronger. Mm, I, don't, I don't think you can do it. Yeah, but mm. it, it ends up building to a fever point where, you know, Angie is starting to get fired up because I think, again, some some tension from her previous sort of uh, battles with chauvinistic men is coming up. And apparently Nick gets outraged that Angie pointed at her. And so he just starts raising his voice and she starts raising her voice and her response to him raising his voice. Mm-hmm. And this is you mentioned before about how, like, the first conflict we really see is Jill deciding okay we're gonna camp out here for the night and then leave the next day being like that wasn't a good idea we have to move they're the only team that has moved camp so far but this is by far the biggest argument we have had in the show Mm -hmm. so far it's just these two like nearly coming to blows and this poor man seth literally stuck physically and strategically in the middle of them being like ah it's a one-one vote i don't know who to side with Mm -hmm. yeah he was he was the mediator the entire time but that's the thing nick can get loud but Angie can get loud too. What the fuck? You know, like she she can do that too. And and I liked seeing her stand up for herself because they're like you said, he and really didn't have a valid yeah. yeah, he didn't have a valid argument. He's just like, yeah, I don't think it's you. And she said, hold on, hold on. Before you start that, you about to piss me off. Like, I, I need you to slow down, baby. I'm from Texas. And I was like, Yes, yes, tell him. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once they had the argument, at this point, I'm fully invested in the Angie story. I'm like, dear God, please make this work. Because if you if you mess this up. We have to hear Nick's mouth for the next. I am going to lose it. So, I was happy to see what looked like uh, a triumphant moment for her towards the end of the episode. But like I said, it's a it's a cliffhanger, so I actually mm-hmm. don't know how yeah. it ends. But okay. she seemed like she was doing well. So, I'd like to talk through the rest of the the raft business because our plan is we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the whole show last uh, next week. And then I have a feeling that by the time we get to the, whatever is the end of this show, the raft is the whole thing with the raft is going to be a distant memory. Mm-hmm. So Chappelle, if you don't mind us uh, telling you what happens and for any of our listeners, uh, if you've only watched the first two episodes, we want to talk about the first couple of minutes because I had to go to episode three and see how the raft stuff was going to work out. Yeah, hook me up. Let me know what I missed because and now I'm going to be like, I'm the listeners of nothing but Netflix. So uh, you get me to come back for the next episode, Rob. Okay. And so we saw, and Brian ultimately got his thing in the water. It's it's not working. And the the Brian and Javier uh, boat is, is rough. 
It was basically the problem was that they went too far downstream. Yeah. And essentially there are these currents that would drag the raft along and they essentially went too far that they can no longer access the currents. Mm-hmm. So they are quite literally dead in the water. And so are Alpha Team's chances at the moment of getting crab pots because Justin, again, sitting there twiddling his thumbs, <laughs> now even less incentivized because he's thinking, oh, these two jamokes are just going to get wet and grab the crab pots for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So Jordan, his confidence is uh, sky high. We end on that. We come through but angie on her little raft is able to start to like read uh the current and we see mike we got a a real life uh tortoise in the hair it ain't just aesop baby fables are real and we saw it right (laughs) here and it's so well narrated uh where you know like like Chappelle said i think that this is one of those refreshing reality shows where it's clear like People are not here to be influencers. They're not really playing things up for the camera, nor should they, because that's, again, expending valuable calories. But we have, like, the two of them talking through their respective sides of Jordan being like, I thought she totally overshot it. She's paddling around the side. And then I realized, oh, crap, she actually did it right, and I did it wrong. And, yeah, here comes little Angie. Chappelle, she, like, reads the way that the current is going, like, perfectly and, like, hits the island. And then stupid Jordan that he's got, like, he went from doing push-ups to, like, he, like, totally, like, misread the current and got swept, like, past the island and didn't even get there. I can just imagine. He's like, oh, I'm so dumb. I'm so stupid. I got beat yeah. by a girl. Like, yeah, you did. So she good. could tell it's up. so good. Yeah. Yeah. And so she but, gets uh, there. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, she, it's just like, this is what you expect from someone who literally says, I do this. I'm a fisher woman. I, you know, I, I got this. Yeah. And he's like, it's kind of like, a five hole you, for her. Could you imagine <laughs> how frustrating that must be though? She's like, I could do this in my sleep. Like, this is the easiest task. They're like, mm, I don't know. She's like, Honestly, if you don't pick me, like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I hope you all die. You know, because it's just like, because it, it makes no sense for you not to just give, my, like, just give me the chance to do it. I'm telling you I can do this in my sleep. I'm happy that she kills it. But you want to talk about tortoise in the hair. We ha- we can, we just keep breezing past the Justin thing. This, this show, every episode is a countdown to the sun goes down, right? Like, when the sun, mm-hmm. when the sun falls, you can't do anything. There's no light. And it gets really, really cold. And Justin's like, I think this is a tortoise and a hair type thing. Like, I'm just going to take my time. Sir, you only have three hours. You you do not have time to do this. And mm-hmm. once he realizes that, yeah, we're probably not going to accomplish it anyway, and we have this stupid alliance, he basically is just twiddling his thumbs, like Mike said. And that's that's what the move is. Like, once mm-hmm. you realize I'm not about to participate in this, just let it go. Let it go. Somebody like Angie will go scoop things up, and then she can triumphantly decide what she's going to do with her moment. Because this was definitely the Angie moment. It was her moment. She gets there. Uh, she ends up finding three crab pots and she brings them back. But Mike, I was wondering, you know, had like Jordan also gotten there, you know, is is he allowed to just like rip them from her hand and then just like, I'm taking the crab pots. Like, uh, like I know this is a sh- and you probably don't know the answers to these types of questions. Uh, but that's the kind of stuff that I've been wondering about, about, you know, OK, she got there. Um, I don't know if there's no rules and no judges and no like person to sort of like blow the whistle like, hey, she's got that's hers possessions, nine tenths of the law. Like, I kind of feel like that uh, this was she dodged a bullet. I kind of feel like that Jordan would have yeah. like wrestled them away from her. Like and an just actual them. bullet. Yeah. Out, out, Outlast is the air bud of reality TV. It where- doesn't say. 
Yeah, it doesn't say I can't just steal from her. She could have pulled a Michael Jefferson and just taken the crab pods that were sitting on her raft and taken it for himself. He could have 100% done that. So I totally agree that I think Angie was able to, uh, unlike her competitors, dodge a bullet and be able to oh. avoid uh, have things getting taken. That's the other thing as well is, uh, you know, do you think there's a chance that someone gets shot with a flare eventually? Yes. Brian gets so angry at Javier that not only does he shoot his flare, he shoots it at Javier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Didn't say um, couldn't shoot anybody with a flare. Do do Angie and Nick ever bounce back from this moment? Because I just oh, have wow. to imagine. Could you imagine Chappelle? Like, is this the ultimate right. like will they, won't they of like uh, <laughs> no, they no, 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 This is last. like the, they're like if the someone, Blankenship and Franny of alone. If someone is gonna do it on this show, you have to tell me right now so I can tap out because I cannot. You you this yeah, is doing disgusting. It, they, they do it bareback. Oh, think so. On a bear's back, Chappelle. On a literally grizzly style, back to back. Yeah. Um, but okay, so the I, I, only reason I ask is because this was such a tense moment. And Amber, I mean, Angie has the upper hand here. She is one, right? She's like, I did it. Now mm -hmm. uh, eat your words, Nick. And I cannot imagine Nick just being like, yeah, you're right. I was wrong. Da, 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 da. Like, let's all get along now. Like, I, I imagine this guy is going to be trying to one up her at some point. Um, and so I really would like to see what that looks like, because now that she has the upper hand, I would like to see her keep it. You know, I like I don't want Nick to come back from this because he was being a mega jerk. And I don't like that. Not from him, at least from Jordan. Yeah, but not from this guy. Mm -hmm. OK, and that's basically what we're going to cover here in our uh, first part of talking about Outlast. Like, anything else you want to tease about, like, what's to come? I mean, uh, we've already been, uh, uh, cool, cool, you know, teased quite a bit on where this is going. My uh, mind only wonders, like, how dark this is going to get. I mean, the teaser certainly gives certain events away, but you cannot prognosticate how it gets even more ridiculous from here. And I, I don't want to overhype too much. I have been one that has been susceptible, right, to the overhype of like, oh yeah, you definitely built that up. And I've been trying to be cautious with my advisement towards people. I know certainly myself and Dalton Ross put out like interviews as well as uh, posts on Friday on Twitter, basically being like, no, 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 this show is very different in a quote unquote, like deplorable kind of way, truly riveting, but like so, you know, gross, you don't want to look away in a manner of speaking. I will say there are things that are done on this show that I have never seen on reality TV before. And that has that was not shown in the teaser, purposely mm. so. I will leave it at that. Chappelle, you were a fantastic forecaster here in saying that like these little conflicts and the actions that people were doing to other teams, it has only just begun in so mm. many ways. I am so excited to come back in a week's time. Next Sunday cannot come soon enough for us to talk about wow. this because... I am just so intrigued to get your guys' reactions to the remaining, what, like, 5.75 episodes, essentially. Since we already talked about a quarter. Yeah, only eight of episodes of this. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so that's the plan next week. Uh, so that is going to throw off our uh, schedule, Chappelle. I know that you are already uh, getting approached by a number of guests that were hoping to uh, come on to talk about the Pornhub documentary that's dropping on Netflix <laughs> on uh, the 15th. So just, you'll just have to let them know that, you know, we're not ready for that yet. 
No, I watched uh, episode one and two of this and immediately text Matt Lagoria and said, you know what? Sit this one out. We got it. Don't worry. We might have to circle back for it. Uh, and I think he'll be okay because I think everyone is going to really sink their teeth into this show and they're going to appreciate it. And then maybe, just maybe, if Pornhub is still riding high at the end of next week, then maybe we just uh, go and, and and double back for that one. We, there's still time. You know, if it's the number one documentary on nothing but Netflix, we can make space for it. Okay. All right. Anything else about Outlast today? Okay, I'm, I'm just really, I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting your reaction as well as other people's uh, I reactions. I can't wait. I, yeah, I feel like going people, on. people have yeah. certainly reached out to me, being like, "Oh, I saw your tweet," and I, sh- and I, I'm not used to that. Like, I'm not used to being that person that's like, "Oh, you should do this," and people say, "Oh, yeah, sure, I'll check it out." So I am a little nervous mm-hmm. in that regard. Again, I like, don't see any of Mike Bloom's tweets anymore. That Mike Bloom has yeah, exactly. uh, played himself off of my Twitter list. Exactly. Oh. I have sort of frozen myself out of Rob's camp because of my uh, vociferous Survivor AU tweeting as soon as the episode hits in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just, so. but not just like if if you just tweeted words, I think I could I I I could ignore words uh, that you post like uh, videos and and pictures that I cannot unsee once they are in my timeline. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's putting it mildly, considering that, again, my own uh, type of reputation. <laughs> yes, the pictures that I post in visuals out right. there are things I cannot take back. But no, I, I'm really intrigued to get not only your reactions next week, but like hear people as they watch the episodes. I will say again, it is not necessarily for everyone. And I think, Rob, you comparing it back to Survivor Borneo is really interesting because I've seen people look at this show as sort of looking through the multiverse, the sliding doors of like, what if Survivor Borneo went in an even more different direction than Mark Burnett initially intended? And I do think we see that bear out a bit at the end of Outlast. Oh, my God. Somebody's going to get eaten by a bear. I mean, we'll see. There's okay. a lot of bears out there. Okay. Oh, my God. All right. Let me see. Uh, let me start with Mike Bloom on uh, Mike Bloom. What else do you have going on? I was going to say, pick your about, poison. Uh, yeah, you and Chappelle, you go, go plug for plug. Let's go back and forth. Yeah, yeah let's, let's go, go back, back and forth. Plug, like plug, like, plug off. <laughs> pick your poison, kiss your limpet, see how your lips feel by any of these plugs. Okay. This is I'll the start. first ever in the history of podcasting <laughs> ba- battle plug off. Okay. We I, got I the this. two right. greats right here. Well, let Shut me, up. <laughs> let, me, let me start with uh, one of the most applicable things. We are talking on the day of the finale of The Last of Us, a show that much like The Walking Dead. Plug, plug, show, plug, 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 the, plug. The, the, the lows that humanity can hit, especially last week's episode. I'm covering it with Grace Leader, doing the finale recap right after the episode drops. I'm sure people will have a lot of opinions about the finale, and we're going to give ours on Sunday night. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I can match that, but I'll start with also on post-show recaps, uh, myself and Ariel are covering Grey's Anatomy season 19 and past seasons of Grey's Anatomy through some character deep dives. So once a month, you should get uh, something in your post-show recaps feed that says Grey's Anatomy's Anatomy from Ariel and Chappelle. Um, So check that out. We talked about Meredith Grey. We talked about the most recent uh, episode of season 19, the mid-season, I guess, premiere. And so uh, come back next month so we can wrap up the March episodes uh, of Grey's Anatomy and then also probably do another character deep dive on post-show recaps. Do you want me to score the plug off? Uh, no, I think it's fine. I think we just could okay. keep going because okay. we're going to be here forever if okay. we don't. All right. Yeah, exactly. That'll be an entire different segment of the podcast. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so then I will jump back over with a different version of Outlast. We mentioned it before. Survivor 44 is going strong. Now, wait, I'm Survivor 44 be- is a different version of Outlast? <laughs> 
I mean, yes. it's in the title, is it so. not? It's in within the logo. He has it tattooed on him. <laughs> it is one third of the final tribal council decorum <laughs> nowadays, true. the outlast portion of it. Uh, I am going to be conservative, use my fat reserves of podcasting, and talk about only one thing. I am doing exit press for Survivor 44, talking with contestants eliminated each week. Had a very great chat with the most recent boot over at parade.com. Okay. Chappelle? Uh, yeah. Speaking of Survivor, I was on the Survivor 44 premiere recap episode with Rob Sesternino. And so if you have not already caught that, check it out because, uh, yeah, there's a new recap episode coming up soon. I think, is, is it Maggie? Who's, who's coming? Grace. Grace, Grace. the feedback show. Yeah, yeah, the feedback show. I'm sorry, feedback show. So Grace, uh, Mike's uh, co-host, will be doing the feedback show. And I just did it. So check out the premiere feedback show uh, with Rob on RHAP. Chappelle, you set me up so nicely because Maggie Morgan may not be on the feedback show, but she was on the B&B with myself and Liana, which was a really great time. Uh, we did our traditional buffer snuff for the looks that are being turned on the island, of which there are a few only through a couple of episodes. So that is out right now. Really fun B&B with Maggie Morgan. Yeah, and I was on the uh, the Big Brother Canada premiere with Ra. Well, I'm sorry, with Taryn in Asia uh, premiere recap on Wednesday, and so uh, you know, Big Brother Canada has made some choices this year, and so you get to hear uh, what Asia, Taryn, and I think about that. And I'm sure you'll hear Taryn's opinion about it throughout the season as well. So check that out. All right, back on postal recaps for me. I went across the river again. So Star Trek Picard had not only one of the best episodes of the series, but one of my favorite new Star Trek episodes ever this past week. Myself and Jessica Lee's had a lot of fun breaking down episode four. We are almost halfway through the final season of Star Trek Picard, and it has been as good as it has ever been as a series. So if you're a fan of Star Trek, like I know Rob is, and I know Rob, you really enjoyed the episode as well. Check mm -hmm. out our recap of it. Yeah, and also on post-show recaps, uh, Mari, LaTanya, and I are covering Snowfall on FX, the final season of Snowfall on The Connect on post-show recaps, our new podcast, where we talk about all the black shows. And so uh, check that out and, uh, you know, subscribe to uh, The Connect on post-show recaps. I ain't done with space just yet because <laughs> The Mandalorian had its second episode of season three drop this past Wednesday. Definitely, I think, a return to form. Many would say I thought it was a really fun, adventuring type of episode that we love about Din Djarin and Baby Grogu. Talk about that with DM Philly with a recap on Wednesday if you want to check all that out. Okay. Yeah. And also on post-show recaps, I'm covering <laughs> Abbott Elementary with Gia Worthy every other week. So, uh, you know, we're wrapping up season two of Abbott Elementary. So if you've been following along, subscribe to Abbott Elementary, a post-show recap to hear what Gia and I have to think about this season. Nobody on Outlast could be considered a hero, but Josh Wiggler and I are talking about plenty of them over on Down the Hatch as we are rounding out our coverage of Heroes Season 1. It has been a really good stretch of episodes so far, and so we are uh, finishing or we're talking this week about an episode called 0.07%, which is the percent of audience that is left over from this plug-off after Chappelle and I are going back and forth. Yeah, and if you're still here, um, then you can hear me talk about Bel Air on Post Show Recaps with Puya. Yeah. Uh, every week, we're covering season two of po Peacock's uh, hit television show, uh, Bel Air, from the mind of Will Smith. Uh, so check that out uh, and, uh, you know, subscribe to Bel Air Post Show Recap wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. All right, are, are we met? I think uh, we're, I think, is that it? I think that's it. I do think you, that's it. Do you want to give an embarrassing <laughs> secret each at the end of the plug off to see if anybody Ooh. stayed? 
I don't think Mike and I have any secrets. Mm. I think no. we talk a lot. Pell and I have, I think, shared so many facets of our lives <laughs> in talking to these microphones that I don't think anything could be really considered okay. a secret anymore, right. just well, in general. Uh, I'm sure everybody's still here. We appreciate you all listening to our coverage of Outlast. We will be back. The only plug I'm going to give is that come back next week for more of Outlast. And make sure uh, we t- come back and join us for when this all wraps up next weekend. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.